God of our hearts, here we are. We've come with thirsty hearts, praying that your word will satisfy us. We come with aching hearts, praying for good news to comfort us. We come with overflowing hearts, praying for a chance to share your love. You, who know our hearts and hear our prayers, be with us now in this place of worship. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share a sign of peace with your neighbor. Please remain standing for the gospel. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan! For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Friends, the reading. Please be seated. Nine weeks ago, I became a mom for the first time to little Charlotte. She was born on June 2nd, and certainly life has not been the same since that day. She has already shaped my faith and my outlook on life. She has already brought joy beyond measure, and already in just nine weeks, already brought about a new kind of love in a depth my husband and I never even knew existed. But, lest you think that life with a newborn, and I'm assuming children of any age, is filled with joy at every single moment, Charlotte has already taught me another important lesson. People tried to warn me when I was pregnant, and I could certainly wrap my head around what they were saying and telling me I could even agree with them and their advice. If having kids will teach you anything, everyone said, it will teach you that you aren't as in control as you think you are. Logical, 
I agreed with that nugget of wisdom and I was ready, ready to not be in control as much as I thought I was. But then Charlotte was born. And you see, I like to be in control of my life, it turns out. I like to have a plan. And I actually feel pretty good and even accomplished when the plan that I marvelously made comes to life. It's not that I can't go with the flow, I certainly can, and be spontaneous nonetheless, but somehow my innermost being simply gravitates towards planning and schedules. Well, about two and a half weeks after Charlotte was born, my parents were here in town visiting their first grandchild. The weekend was approaching, so on Friday night, together we sat down and made a plan. All of us, my parents, my husband Bill, Charlotte, and I, would head into LA the next day. We would first pick up my brother who lived in LA, and then we would stop by a specific market that my dad loves. Then together we were going to head into Chinatown for a traditional dim sum lunch. Because of the number of people involved, we needed to take two cars. My parents would be in one car and pick up my brother. Bill, Charlotte, and I would be in the other car. We agreed to leave at 8.30 in the morning the next day. So I woke up in plenty of time to feed her and myself and get everyone ready and out the door by 8.30, which we did successfully. We had just gotten on the 101 when Char Charlotte started to fuss. She was hungry. And then somewhere around Calabasas, she just lost it. Just completely lost it. Clearly, someone forgot to inform the infant that this wasn't the plan. She wasn't supposed to get hungry until we arrived in LA. My plan was to feed her while others were in this market. There would be plenty of time. Things just weren't going as I had planned. What was the new mom supposed to do? I felt torn between this plan that I had made and desperately wanted to keep and the reality of this new child dependent on me. It was a kind of torn I don't think I had experienced before and I just didn't know what to do. So maybe in a moment of frustration, I said, keep driving, just keep driving to my husband and he did so even against his advising. I can feed her when we get to the market, I said. That's the plan. So we kept driving all the way into LA and Charlotte kept crying all the way into LA. I tried to give her my finger to soothe her. I tried to talk to her and to sing to her. I tried to soothe her in every way I could think of, but she just wanted to eat. And that couldn't happen unless we stopped the car. And that would change the plan. It was clear in that moment that I wasn't in control of everything as much as I thought I was. I knew in that moment that I simply wasn't in charge of my life anymore, at least the way that I used to be. So how about you? When was the last time you felt like you just weren't in control of your life, maybe as much as you thought you were? Perhaps there are children in your life that remind you of this on a regular basis. 
Maybe you have a boss or a professor or a looming deadline that reminds you that your life isn't always yours. Or maybe it's something else, an illness, a challenging situation or relationship you have found yourself in. Maybe it's an addiction or something from the past or the unknown future that remind you all too often you just don't control everything, even if you really, really, really want to. Because that's what we want, right? It's really tempting to think that we can be in control, that we can be in charge of everything. Well, it turns out that we're in pretty good company. Even Jesus couldn't escape from being tempted by power and ultimately control. Immediately before reading for today, Jesus was baptized. And the next thing that happens to Jesus is temptation, the immediate next thing. You would think and hope that maybe baptism could wrap him in this cocoon and protect him somehow from temptation, even just for a little while, but it doesn't. Three times in this passage, the devil tempts Jesus to hand over power and control. First, to turn stone into bread. Next, to throw himself down from the pinnacle of a high temple, and finally, to fall down and worship Satan in exchange for the entire world. And three times, Jesus resists those temptations. Jesus won, in essence, won over the devil, won over temptation. And that is how this story about Jesus differs from our story and our temptation to think that we're in charge. This story is about Jesus, plain and simple, and what Jesus has done. Jesus has conquered sin. Jesus has won over the devil. This is not, then, a story about us. This is not a lesson in how we should live our lives, what we are supposed to do, how we should act. This is about Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has won over the devil and temptation for us. But oddly enough, perhaps the greatest temptation when we hear this story is to think that we can do what Jesus did. The greatest temptation we have is to believe and act as though it's our job to defeat temptation and sin and the devil all by ourselves, just like Jesus did. That is, in fact, sin. To believe that we, all by ourselves, are so in control that we have power over temptation and sin to ultimately be the one in charge. But we are always going to be tempted to think we are in charge, but not Jesus. Sin doesn't just roll off our back like Jesus did. Jesus is Jesus, and we are not. Today's reading concludes saying this, Then the devil left Jesus, and suddenly angels came and waited upon him. Angels 
messengers of God's good news came and waited on Jesus at the end of these temptations and on me too. We pulled into that parking lot in LA where we were meeting my brother before heading to the market. Charlotte was still crying and by that time I was completely on edge. My dad took one look at me and knew that something was wrong. What's wrong, he asked. I just want to feed my kid and make it better, I said through my tears. Then that's what you should do, he said in a gentle voice. We can wait. That's what I needed to hear. I wasn't in control, but ultimately I wasn't alone either. There was an incredible freedom in someone coming to me, an angel, a messenger of God's good news. It's okay. We can wait. There was freedom in someone acknowledging the fact that I didn't have control over everything and sticking by my side anyway. There was incredible freedom in knowing that I didn't have to be in control and I didn't have to have it perfectly together all the time. So it is with Jesus and with you and with me. We aren't in control, but we also aren't alone. There's incredible freedom in knowing that Jesus can do what we cannot. Jesus can defeat sin and the devil and temptation. And we cannot. But we don't have to live our lives perfectly, having them all perfectly tied up together for Jesus to take control in love and come alongside us. Thanks be to God who makes it so. Let us pray. Holy God, by the grace of Jesus Christ, you know the tests and trials we face. Walk with us through this wilderness. Come to us with ministers of healing and visit us with messengers of hope so that we may return to you in faith. Send us back out into the world believing the good news of the gospel through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.